Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Russell. everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace upon our lives, and that upon our prayer group, our family that prays together. We thank you, Lord, that you call us by name. We thank you that you have brought us to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are ever willing to pour out your spirit into each of our lives. To be with us, to guide us, to lead us. That spirit of truth. And today we reflect on your truth. It's liberating power. We thank you, Lord, that as we reflect on it, you pour out your revelation into our hearts as well. That wisdom that comes straight from you. That will impact our prayer life and transform it in a way like we've never seen before. We ask for that new understanding, Father, which only you can give through your spirit of revelation. May you guide us into all truth. We thank you, Lord, for the peace and joy you pour into our hearts. We share that same peace and joy with all those that are part of this prayer meeting, this prayer family with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group and those that have no one to pray for them, we share it with all Christians who have not yet experienced that personal connection with you and with all those that do not want to know you and have turned away. We ask for a quickening in all of our spirits, Father. Let there be that wave of renewal this day in each of our lives. And we come with faith, with confidence, Lord, and we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the name of the one who is revealed in the word, in the truth, that light, the one who is the preserver of men, the one whose hand is not short to redeem, the great I am. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the word himself, our daily bread manna given down straight from heaven. And we are fed of him continuously until we enter completely into your kingdom. The one who has enriched us in all utterance and in knowledge. This is what your word in 1 Corinthians 1.5 says. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of the Lord who dwells in the midst of his people and in each of us. The one who is mighty. The creating hand of the Father. The one who heals our backsliding. And the one who partners with us to bring about renewal and transformation. The spirit of life. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. And you bless us with the opportunity, that gift of prayer. That legal process that you make available to us. That we can involve you in any circumstance, anywhere, anytime. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with angels, with destiny helpers. You have blessed us with family, with friends, with work colleagues, with community, with neighbors. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies and every provision in the physical. As we make our reflection this morning, we acknowledge your presence in it, Lord. 
and we ask for mercy, we ask for forgiveness from sin. We repent of all our mistakes, Father, and we come in submission to you, emptying ourselves out that we might be filled of that grace that comes from you, from your spirit. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make, and every person that is part of this prayer meeting, every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. And Christians everywhere, Lord, by your precious blood, that blood that has won all victories, and we declare it as our hedge of protection in the spirit, our barricade. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy and perfect will for our lives, Lord. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism and any kind of natural disasters. I declare that divine exemption this morning. We command our morning also to bring the wisdom of the Father into each of our lives. That light that gives us direction, that makes our path straight ahead and clear as noonday. That flattens every uneven ground before us. That opens doors to us in our destiny. Every shut door that refused to open so far. We command it to be opened this day. We command also angelic protection in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of our mouths this day. We declare that it will not return to us empty. It shall not fall to the ground but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it. And we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that power of life in our tongue. Thank you, Jesus. In John 8, 32, Jesus said, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So who is he talking about? What is this truth? And freedom from what? Let ref let's reflect on these questions today. And the first one I want to touch on is freedom. Said so the truth will set you free. But if you continue reading there after this verse in John chapter 8, you'll see two verses later. In verse 34, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. They don't live in freedom. So the freedom that he's talking about is freedom from slavery to sin. You were conceived in sin, born and grew up in sin, and so that liberation is necessary. He goes on to talk about slavery in the next verse, where he says in verse 35, a slave... What is the character of that slave? He has no permanent place in the family. His job is just to do the work. There is no place. 
but a son belongs to the family forever. That son is he himself. And so when we are in sin, there is no salvation and no place in God's family. We still remain that slave to sin. So it is important for us to be part of that family. It's important that you are freed. You are no longer a slave. Then you can be adopted. That's what this whole redemption plan was about. You see the Bible talking about adopting us, moving us out of that slavery into becoming adopted sons. And going back to that verse now, when you are an adopted son, verse 35 says, a son belongs to it, the last word to be underlined, forever. So when we are in sin, there is no salvation. It is necessary for us to have that salvation if we are to be restored and brought into his family. And Jesus being a son, he has the ability to free because the slave is owned by the master. When we are in sin, slave to sin, you are owned by the owner of sin. So Jesus had to redeem and take ownership. Once he took ownership, through his redemption on the cross, he freed. And he said, friends, I call you, you are no longer my slaves. And bringing us back into God's family. And that's why verse 36 says then, if the son sets you free, then you are free indeed. Because of that ownership. So in short, what freedom is this? Is freedom from the yoke of sin. Now, who will gain this freedom? Is it for everyone? If you go back, it says, then you will know. So what is that then? You look at the previous verse. It talks about everyone that believes on him. Everyone that believes on him as the son, more specifically. So everyone that comes in faith, that is belief and faith. Well, verse 31 tells us that he said this to the Jews that believed on him. But let's look at another reference now. Romans 10 verse 9 to 11, which say, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And I might read what is not written there. Then you will be saved from that slavery. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him, not a Jew, not someone of a specific nationality, anyone who believes in him, will never be put to shame. So who will be free? Anyone. Jew or not a Jew. Whoever, whosoever believes will be free. Which means it applies to you and me as well. And everyone and anyone that listens and chooses to believe. Now also notice in all of this, he didn't say, 
I have set you free. He says, in all locations, in fact, in the Bible, wherever it talks about uh, his healings, the miracles that he performed as well. It says, your faith, he says himself, your faith has set you free. And how does that faith, that belief come? It comes from knowing the word. In Friday's Bible teaching, Brother Vivek covered upon it as well in the, the topic on this Friday, this last Friday, when he started discussion on belief. And he said that belief will always only be guided and limited by what you know of him in the word. That part of it which has become real to you. That you believe on it. You believe that you have received it. And what you believe then is the truth. What you do not know and what you do not believe will not work for you. So the truth is word knowledge combined with faith in action. It is not enough to say I believe and then just go and sit and don't do anything. You have to take action based on what that faith says. That is what brings liberation. That is what sets you free. Now in 1 John chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, it says, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar and the truth is not in that person. Are you seeing now faith without action? Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands. So obeying there that what the word says is important. That constitutes faith in action. That constitutes the truth in action, if I might say that. That is the liberating truth. Verse 5 says, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. So how do you know it is the truth in you then? It is by observing your own actions and then compare it with what the word says. And that starts with that transformation is triggered by the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16 verse 13, when the spirit of truth is come to you, he will guide you into all truth. So when he guides you and you then you start observing your actions, <clears throat> Sorry, you would see whether there is alignment or not. Let's look at what it practically means now. You call on the Lord in repentance. He gives you his spirit. That's the first step. And when the Bible, for example, says fornication is the sin. A person who may have been fornicating now starts to recognize based on what that word says and the Holy Spirit convicts him. He starts to recognize it as sin. Based on that revelation, that conviction. And with that constant conviction, he still refuses to go back to fornication. He makes that decision. I will not do this again. I now understand and know it is wrong. He receives that grace to resist the temptation. And he holds on to advice from the word because he believes it. How does he hold on? By submitting to God and refusing to go back 
to that path that led to sin. Then that faith and the decision that he made there, that is what sets him free from the sin of fornication. That is when that repentance and renunciation, renunciation makes repentance complete. Repenting and then going back and sinning again is not complete repentance. Renunciation, renouncing that sin, rejecting it and refusing to go back there again by asking for grace, receiving it and then holding on and resisting. That is when repentance is made complete. So when that is done, then you can see by the spirit of truth who is now working as the spirit of liberty based on the truth that has become real to this person that he holds on to it. It is more real than anything else. That is where liberation starts to come in. Sometimes some habits are hard to break. But when we surrender them to God and ask for grace to resist that sin, you will be surprised at what wonders his spirit of liberty can work in people. People talk about rejecting alcoholism and any kind of addiction. Rejecting ways that cause disruption in their families. When that truth becomes real to them, then there is transformation. That is light. The light of God. So what is key to a life of transformation? First step is repenting, connecting to the word of God, studying it, receiving revelation, and then faith, which comes from hearing and hearing by that word. And then you hold on to what you know from the word based on that faith. What has become real to you, you take action on it. That truth guided by the Spirit is what liberates. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that renewed vigor, that hunger for your word. To study your word more and more, to look at your ways that are much higher than our ways. And you reveal them to us and you make us clear and say, walk this way. Help us, Father, with that grace to discern that way, that path to discern what you are showing us and teaching us each day. From your word, that which you make real to us, that it becomes flesh and dwells within us. We digest it, we live in it. And that truth guides us ahead, led by your spirit. We ask, Lord, for that grace upon our lives, so that our lives become more and more in alignment with what your word and your will for us is. What your word says. And we move closer and closer to living that life that Galatians 2.20 talks about. Taking on the image and the likeness of Jesus. Depleting further and further sin from our life and filling more and more of his nature and his character in us. Moving away from slavery to sin and towards freedom in your kingdom, Father. We ask for that edification in our spirit this day. 
And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. We pray in a special way for Michelle. We pray for Sakina and others that are battling all kinds of sickness in their lives. Lord, we ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness from sin. And we surrender these are brothers and our sisters to you. That through your grace that you release upon each of these lives out of your infinite mercy, Father. There is renewal, there is transformation, there is healing. We reject all the ways of sin in our life, especially all hidden sin. We confess it before you, Father. We ask for forgiveness knowing that you are a loving father who will not give us a stone when we ask for bread, who will not turn us away, but will pour out, ever willing to pour out his mercy. And you showed that to us, Father, that you are not willing to judge, which is why you sent Jesus, your own son, to be sacrificed on our place, in our place. Let your mercy touch each of these lives, Father. Let there be a testimony to your glory, a miracle work of your hands. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division and separation as well, Lord. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, ignorance, poverty, busyness. That keeps us away from you, Father. We receive the grace to reject it. And we apply the blood of Jesus over each of these lives. We declare those chains broken now by your liberating truth. Let that fill our lives, Father. And we receive the grace for boldness to step away from them. Into your light and into your freedom. We pray also for our own personal needs and those of our families, our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. As we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other, your word says, and Jesus promised us, that the Father will do it for you when you ask in my name. So we ask in his name. And we release our faith when we make this operator of agreement with your Holy Spirit joined to him, one in the Spirit as well, Lord. Knowing that that prayer made under an open heaven will not come back empty, will not fall to the ground. But will come back only as answered prayer. This is our faith. We believe that we have received, Lord. I encourage everyone that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Anandara <laughs> Rekanta <laughs> 
The scripture that was put on my heart this morning is from Colossians 3, 5 and 6. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And that is a truth that when it becomes real to each of us, we ourselves will kick it out.
kick out those sins from our life. Amen, Lord. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from uh, Jeremiah 33, verses 2 and 3, quoted from the Amplified Version of the Bible, where it says, Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. So he says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And while we prayed in tongues, the words that were verses that were put on my heart is from the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 5, and I'll quote from the NIV version where it says, While he was still speaking, that is Jesus. Now, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The word that's just echoing in my ears is listen to him. Thank you, Lord. If you are being blessed by these reflections, Brother Savio's powerful reflections that are shared on all our platforms, as well as the Friday teachings and the daily rosary and divine mercy, please share links with family and friends. Invite them to join and experience that same blessing that you are going through. They can also uh, listen to the recordings. Those are available on our Spotify page, on our YouTube page, and they're also posted daily on our Facebook page. Also a reminder about our Bible study session this Friday. The topic is implementing spiritual laws. This one will be the second part in that series where we are learning how to establish spiritual authority and remain in expectation. We learn about our authority as believers and under spiritual law. Now you see today's chapter of the, the truth is directly connected there. And the third one is how to activate our spiritual authority. It's a very powerful topic, can influence your prayer life, renewing and transforming it into a new way of praying and making it more powerful. So I would encourage you to not miss these sessions, share links with others and invite them to come as well. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Thank you Russell. Russell. God, God bless, bless everyone. everyone.